Welcome to the Real Talk Education Podcast, where we dive into the real topics facing real teachers, leaders, and students with your host, Marlena Gross, EEI champion, national ed thought leader, and founder of EduGladiators. Each week, we will discuss the topics that might be keeping you up at night as an educator or parent. This is not an echo chamber podcast. We will unapologetically examine the real challenges in education, plus provide insights and tips to help you navigate all the things, including curriculum, leadership, DEI, student engagement, advocacy, misinformation, and more. Pop in your earbuds or crank up your speaker because it's time to have some real talk about today's topic. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Real Talk Education. I'm Marlena, your host for today's episode, and I'm excited to dive into today's topic. For over a decade, Twitter has provided teachers and leaders a transformational space to build their own professional learning communities, or PLCs, and some of you might even refer to it as professional learning networks, PLN. We've used Twitter to exchange lesson ideas, find out what's going on in schools around the country, build successful side gigs, and get inspired by other educators for both teachers and leaders. Well, since billionaire Elon Musk purchased the platform in October of 2022, many educators are grappling if they should stay or leave the platform. So it's time to have some real talk. And today's real talk will be about the impact of Twitter's new owner and new rules, or lack thereof, and also what is the effect of the user experience because of these rapid changes, particularly of our BIPOC and Pride uh, educators. We'll also share what our decision uh, as a company and me as a as a professional and as an ed leader, if Twitter is still a viable platform for our EduGladiators weekly Twitter chat. So in today's episode, you're going to learn how to determine if a social media platform is in alignment to your brand values, what the hesitation to leave Twitter might really imply regarding educators in general and their commitment to DEI, and ways to build community outside of a social media platform. So let's get started. 10 years ago, I did not know what Twitter was or what a tweet was, but I reluctantly started an account because my rule with my sons was that I always had to have an account on whatever social media platform they were wanting to be a part of, and we had to be connected or friends on that platform. So when I first started out with Twitter, um, right at 10 years ago now, I might have had a following of like 10 people and five of them seriously were my sons and maybe a couple of other family members that were on the platform. I was not a connected educator initially and put zero effort in growing an audience virtually, much less a business on Twitter or any other social media platform. Once I became a principal 
in Tennessee. The superintendent at the time was an early adopter of digital, the digital movement and of social media, particularly for schools and educators. And he insisted that all principals in the district have a professional Twitter account. Well, let me tell you, it was not long before my reluctance transformed into excitement of finding a group of educators across the country that quickly became part of my digital PLC or PLN. Soon, EduGladiators weekly Twitter chat started with the hashtag EduGladiators and we have been running strong with this particular Twitter chat from its founding seven years ago and expanding our newfound digital community and have successfully engaged thousands of educators, including parents as well, over the last seven years. Twitter has become a primary driver in Gladiators becoming a successful six-figure business in record time. And then October 2022 and Elon Musk happened. He purchased Twitter. Well, here's the thing. This episode actually has very little to do with the new owner of Twitter. We're actually going to have real talk about why you never rely on a social media platform for your business um, or community, as well as knowing when to pivot away from a particular platform that doesn't align with your values or if you have a business, your brand. So let's talk about value alignment for a moment. In general, most educators are committed to creating safe and inclusive spaces for their students and even colleagues. If that action is sometimes performative, it is what we at least say out loud that we're committed to doing. Now, the recent Twitter changes and the ideals, particularly by Elon Musk regarding free speech, is actually an opportunity to show solidarity and take action supporting DEI, much like many educators did in the summer of 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. To be clear, hate speech is not free speech. And we're going to have an upcoming podcast episode focused just on that topic, hate speech is not free speech. But for the purposes of this episode, we do have to mention that because according to the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which is uh, also another group alongside the Anti-Defamation League uh, that studies online platforms, before Musk purchased Twitter, racial slurs against Black Americans showed up on social media on the social media platform Twitter on average of 1,282 times a day. And make no mistake, that was 1,282 times too many. But there there were things in place to help mitigate uh, that type of behavior. After Musk took over Twitter, that number of racial slurs against Black Americans jumped to 3,876 times a day. Slurs against gay men appeared on Twitter 2,506 times a day on average uh, before Musk took over. And afterwards, they rose to 3,964 times a day. Lastly, anti-semantic posts referring to Jews or Judaism soared more than 61% 
and just the two weeks after Musk completed his purchase of the Twitter platform. This is not okay. The internal Twitter departments responsible for addressing hate speech and harassment were actually among the first group of employees that Musk fired within a week of taking over the platform, along with the majority of the engineers that actually kept the platform up and running. Now, initially, I decided to adopt a wait-and-see approach, not for fear as to how I would stay connected to my PLN and clients, because I already have systems in my business to secure those connections outside of any type of social media platform. And I'll talk about that shortly. But I was really waiting to see and wanting to give the new owner of Twitter a chance to realize that his genius did not extend necessarily towards social media and social interactions. And he would have to rehire those employees or at least some of them just so Twitter can remain functioning as well as a place that prioritizes diversity and inclusion. Well, unfortunately, the occurrence of racial slurs and bots and harassment and misinformation has only continued to increase without any return to former Twitter practices that were in place to report and take action on this type of behavior, user behavior. So could Twitter rebound with a modicum of pre-Musk success? Sure. However, I'm also pretty confident that the founders of MySpace and other now defunct social media platforms thought the same when they were trying to rebound at some point and not reading the virtual or digital room. Now, Twitter has given us all a chance to take a DEI stand. So when I hear or read conversations of people, uh, particularly our white educators who are afraid to leave Twitter because maybe it is their main avenue for staying connected or um, main avenue uh, or driver for their business or side hustle, I honestly just shake my head. It's taken me a decade to organically build over 18,000 followers on Twitter for my professional brand as well as uh, for my company, Edu Gladiators. But I know that nothing lasts forever, especially when messaging from a platform that does not align with my values and commitment to creating safe and inclusive spaces for students and the adults who support them in schools each day. So you might be wondering, well, will edgy gladiators stay or leave Twitter? Will the hashtag edgy gladiators Twitter chat on Saturday mornings continue? Well, let me answer that question explicitly. We will not continue putting time and resources into the Twitter platform at this time, which includes our weekly hashtag edugladiators uh, chat on Saturday mornings. Continuing to do so, in my opinion, is enabling the platform to continue its harmful practices. Our Twitter profiles will remain with the hope that Twitter returns to prioritizing safe and inclusive spaces, However, until then, our team just will not be focused on this platform. So be sure to check the show notes for links to keep the conversations and learning going on other platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and for me personally, LinkedIn, so you can stay connected as well as join our newsletter. And that link is in the show notes as well to be the first to know 
when we expand uh, to either YouTube, TikTok, or Telegram, or maybe all three. But you definitely want to be a part of our newsletter uh, to keep the conversation going and be the first to know when we uh, jump into maybe an additional social media platform. So how did we come to this decision? How did me and my team come to this decision? Well, let's talk about how to evaluate your social media alignment. Oxford Dictionary actually defines alignment as a position of agreement. When you are auditing your social media for alignment, the position of agreement you're looking for is agreement to your personal and if you have a business, your brand, purpose, values, and mission. See, mission statements may bring different feelings for each of us depending on our personal experience with uh, creating or reciting mission statements, usually at work. However, I invite you to embrace the power of a personal mission statement um, that it can help you guide your decisions both professionally and personally. And if you are not super clear on your personal mission statement, regardless if you have a business or not, then you are limiting your ability to powerfully communicate both in your words and actions about the person you are and the person you are becoming. Your personal mission statement should answer three key questions. Number one, what is my life about, a.k.a. purpose? Number two, what do I stand for, a.k.a. Values And question three that your personal mission statement should answer, do my actions align with my purpose and my values? Many of you know the author Stephen Covey. He wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People along with many other books. Well, Stephen Covey believes that a personal mission statement is empowering and represents the deepest and best parts of ourselves to inspire us individually on the most essential level. And personal mission statements are not written to impress anyone. Covey also believes that a personal mission statement can help us identify who we want to be, what we want to do, important relationships, and the values that anchor our moral compass, as well as creating the legacy we want to leave. So when you reflect on your personal mission statement, which includes your purpose and your values and actions, it really should not be difficult to take action accordingly once you decide if you should, in this case, stay or go in regards to the Twitter platform. If you would like to have a little more guidance on how to do this, be sure to check the show notes of this episode to grab your free download of our EduGladiator social media audit that is based on your personal mission statement. Now, if you do not have a personal mission statement, still take advantage of the download of our EduGladiators social media audit because it includes space for you to create your personal mission statement. Now, the last thing I would love to talk about with each of you is how you build a community outside of a social media platform. In other words, 
why you need an email list. Now, after you complete your Gladiator social media audit and or refreshing um, your or creating your personal mission statement, you can better decide where to spend your time connecting and are building your PLC or business. Now, if you have a business or side hustle and you've used Twitter as your main lever to increase exposure to your service or product, you can still pivot to another platform should you choose. In fact, you should never rely on a social media platform to stay connected to your clients for your EDU product or service or to your professional learning community or network, your PLC, your PLN. And here's why. Any of these platforms, these social media platforms can cease to exist in any given moment. You do not own the information on your social media accounts. And as I have just kind of watched Twitter and listened to conversations, many educators are really struggling with how do we stay connected because we were only focused on on this platform or relying on this platform to keep us connected. I may not have a person's, you know, here are some of the conversations that I read. I may not have a person's email or I'm not connected with them on other social media platforms. Well, you still have time. Whether you own a side hustle or business or not, it is absolutely imperative that you have an email list as well as a website. If you have to pick between the two, you definitely want to start with your email list because you own that. You you own that. That is um, yours. It is not relying on someone buying it or not. You always have access and should regularly back up your email list. So you always have that even as a simple download in a, a Google Sheets or Excel document, but you own that. Same for your website. If you choose to do a website, that is your information. You own your website. It does not go down unless you take it down. So here's the thing. If you're wondering, well, I don't have a side hustle, Marlena. Well, you need to invest in yourself and the connections that you've, many of you've built on Twitter to provide value and establish yourself as an expert in your particular area in education. Every educator should be building their email list at a minimum. Social media is a fantastic vehicle to make connections, but the real community happens when you take it offline. You need to have more assurances to stay connected to your uh, professional learning network or communities, as well as to potential and current clients. It is important to be a connected educator on social media. Please make no doubt about that. And, and you need to leverage that to connect and communicate with your community outside of a social media platform. You'll also find in the show notes today resources to not only help you evaluate your social media alignment with our audit that I talked about earlier, but also tips to help you start and or grow your email list at a minimum. Having an email list is not complicated if you have a guide and we're going to provide a quick uh, checklist on how to get started doing that. And this is specifically tailored to educators like yourself. So what were your takeaways from today's episode? 
We'd love to hear from you. So we ask that you take a screenshot of this episode as you're listening to it on your device and tag us in your Facebook stories or Instagram stories, tag at edugladiators and let us know what your next steps will be, what your decision might even be, as well as be sure to subscribe to the Real Talk Education Podcast right here, wherever you listen to your podcast and never miss an episode. Finally, we would greatly appreciate a positive review to help spread our Edugladiators mission to create a new era of education by having real talk that inspires real action for our students and each other. Thanks so much, and I can't wait to hear how you are going to decide and what your decision will be if you stay or go on Twitter. Until next time.